Good to see everybody. My name is Andrew Mack, and I am one of the pastors here, and we are so glad to have you here today. We are going to be talking about treasure, and this is part two of this series, and I am really excited, and I am believing today that God will speak to you through what I'm going to share, and if God is speaking to you about giving and you do not already give, let me encourage you. And, and you know, the Holy Spirit speaking to us will always cause us to be generous because God is a generous God, amen? And so we need to get connected to the fruit of the Spirit in every way, and that includes being givers into our church. And so if you want to get more information about how to do that, Go in the lobby, pick up brochures and different things we have out there. Just go on the website. You can see information, how you can start to give. Why not start now? Don't wait for the new year to start something new. If you've never been giving before, start now. Finish the year seven weeks with a good pattern, and then you're into the new year already in the discipline of giving so that the whole next year we can be blessed and that you can be blessed. And you know, this series is really about, it is about giving, but we are a family in the house of God. And in a family, in a good family, we should talk about everything openly together because the truth is in the world, we get a lot of messages about how to have relationships, a lot of messages about how to use our money, a lot of relationships about what's right and wrong and how we should be living. And let me tell you, a lot of the messages that we're getting from the world are not the way that God wants us to be dealing with each other, dealing with how we live our life, and especially with how we should be dealing with our money. And so when it comes to the house of God, we need to talk about, wait a minute, here's God's way to deal with money. Here's God's way to think about money. And here's God's way of seeing the world and how he sees economics and systems and the, and the systems of this world and how we can get it into our mind to be renewed, to be living in this world, but not of this world. Amen? And so that's why talking about it is really good. And I love talking about it. So that's why I'm going to talk about it today. And you can clap a little bit and get excited with me. Now, I want to talk about the power of the tithe and the power of discipline. And this is really interesting because if you look at different cultures around the world, and even today there are some cultures in the world where Giving is a very, very big and important part of those cultures. And it's not just about giving to each other, about being hospitable. That's, that's another part, hospitality. But there are also cultures and religions and local or folk religions where people, for example, may burn money and they burn a lot of money up. And as that money is burning up, they are believing that that is going and being transmitted to ancestors or people on the other side. And so the, and they're giving these sacrifices. Maybe they put out fruit or they put out meat and different things in front of an idol in their home. Giving is still a big part of many cultures. Now, in this culture that we live in, 
We don't, we, you know, we're sophisticated. <laughs> we, we don't put fruits out in front of, an, of idols like that. We've gotten rid of that. And thank God the Christian heritage of some nations like Germany, where we have medicine and many things that are a legacy that are very powerful. And today we are living in that legacy. But we've forgotten some ancient truths and ancient principles and giving is one of them. And I think it's a wonderful thing to be alive today and to be able to have this view of history where we can really look at things that happened in the past, the good and the bad, and there's been a lot of bad, especially with the church through the ages. And thank God we live in a time where we can try to make those things right and to repent from what the church did in the past. But there are other things we can look back and learn from and bring back into society today. And I think giving is one of those principles that we need to bring back into our life, because there is power in giving. God doesn't change. He's the same. The God of the Old Testament is the same God as the New Testament. The God before the ages began is the same God that we serve today. God doesn't change through all time. His character and the different aspects of his character stay the same. Now, sometimes that can be really hard to understand. How can God be the same God that did these things in the Old Testament, be the same God that is the loving God that we see through Jesus today? How, how can that be the same God? When you understand who God is and all his different aspects and characters, it will make sense that God is the same. And, you know, giving, when we look at giving in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, we can learn a lot about how God views giving in the way that he reacted to different people when they gave to him. One of the first, it is the first story of giving in the Bible, besides what God gave to humanity, which was the earth, the first example of people giving back to God was two brothers named Cain and Abel. They were the first two brothers born of Adam and Eve, and they brought a gift to God. Cain was a man that worked in the fields, and he brought crops, some plants to God to sacrifice them to God. Abel was a man that worked with animals, and so he brought a lamb and offered it to God. The problem was that Cain brought some plants, just some plants to God, but Abel brought the best of the best of the best of his lambs to God. And in the moment that they offered their gift to the Lord, the Lord looked down and on Cain's gift, which was probably just something left over that he didn't want and didn't need, and he was giving that to God, God looked at that and was not pleased with that gift. But the gift that Abel brought, which was the best of the best, the purest of the lambs, the most beautiful one, God looked down and was pleased with that gift. Don't think that what we give to God doesn't matter. What Abel brought pleased the Lord because it was the first and the best of what he had. We need to give the first and the best to God. A little bit later, we read about a man named Noah, 
And when Noah stepped off of the boat, the ark, the very first thing that he did was build an altar and make a sacrifice to God. And when that sacrifice, the smell of that sacrifice went up to heaven, God looked down and was pleased with that sacrifice. And because of the gift that Noah gave, suddenly God painted a rainbow into the sky and started to speak a promise. It was a covenant, actually, a covenant with Noah that is still in existence today about things in the world that springtime and harvest and summer and winter and the way the world works and the way society should be structured from then on and the way animals and man are going to be reacting. So many things in that covenant that were so powerful, but it, it was triggered in the moment when Noah gave a gift to God. Wow. You want God to do something in your life? Give to him and watch how God will react when we give. A little bit later, we read about a man named Abram, Abraham, Abram first, and then God changed his name to Abraham. And in a moment of battle where Abram was defeating an enemy army, it's an, it's an interesting story how this happened, but he defeated the enemy army and he gathered a lot of wealth from that enemy. And he kept it and he gathered a lot of wealth and he was so rich with these spoils from the battle. But then in a moment of destiny, Abraham encountered the high priest called Melchizedek. And in that moment, Abram gave 10% of the spoils to that high priest. Now, the interesting thing is, why was it 10%? Where did Abraham learn about the 10%? I believe there was something in the culture, in the society, some unknown mystery of supernatural importance maybe, a principle that was in play in tradition in his time that he knew there was power in giving a tithe of his wealth to that high priest. And later we can read how in the days of Moses, it was written down in the law of Israel that the tithe has power and that the first needs to be given to God. It was written down as a law. Why? Because God wanted that nation to be blessed. And by giving to God, the nation would be blessed. And so they put it into their society in an official way that we are a people, the people of Israel. We are going to be givers and we are going to give the tithe to God into the house of the Lord. And this is the way that we are going to live in our nation and we will be blessed. That's amazing. But thank God we are not bound by the law. When Jesus came, he came to fulfill the law. And you know, the way that they were living at that time under the law, they were doing things and living their life and giving in many ways to be made right with God. But the moment we believe in Jesus receiving that free gift of salvation, we no longer have to do things to get right with God. 
That's amazing. We need to get a little excited about that, that it's not about what we do anymore. It's simply believing in Jesus. But salvation is only the beginning of the journey with God. Yes, I'm going to be saved. I'm going to be with him forever. But there are principles in the kingdom that can only be activated when we take action and put the word of God into play in our life. And I believe one of those is the principle of giving the tithe to the house of God. Now, the story that Pastor Claudia read earlier from the book of Malachi, it was a time in the nation of Israel that after many years, they had walked away from God. They had walked away from the principles of the past. They had walked away from traditions and the law of Moses. They weren't giving the tithes anymore. And suddenly a prophet was raised up to bring a message where he said, bring the tithes back to me. And I want to read it one more time. And here's what it says in Malachi chapter 3. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you. Oh, come on, let's return to God and he's going to return to us, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me, and you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me, and you are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all the nations will call you blessed For your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. That is a powerful promise. When we come back to God, coming back to him in worship again, it will always be connected with coming back in giving to God and restoring the ancient ways of worship, which include giving the tithes to the house of God. And it's amazing how it's not just about a personal blessing. And I believe that God wants to bless you in your personal life. But how selfish are we that we just want to hold the blessing all for ourselves and me and me, 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 when actually what God wants to do is bless us, 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 and to bless a whole nation through what we are doing by giving our tithes to the house of God. That's awesome. And that is a big opportunity that is going to require us all to get involved in being committed. And this is where there's power in the tithe, but there is also power in discipline. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. Disciples are what? People that live with discipline. We need to be followers of Jesus with discipline. 
Just like it requires discipline to not eat the wrong foods and to keep your body in a good shape or to build muscles or to study at school or to to just wake up early sometimes requires discipline in the same way that so many things in life require discipline, we need to apply discipline to the way that we follow Jesus. We need to apply discipline to coming to the house of God week after week. That requires discipline. And in that same way, we need to apply discipline to the way that we use our money and discipline in our giving. And so I want to give you three ideas about how we can be disciplined in our giving. The first one is we can be disciplined in our giving by giving with intention and not with impulse. Giving with intention, not with impulse. Giving with impulse means, wow, that sermon was amazing. Woo, I'm going to give today. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's just whenever we feel like it. Oh, I woke up good today. Yes, amen. I'm going to praise him today. Woo, I feel like it. Oh, I don't really feel like it today. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I can't right now. With intention means that you plan for it. With intention means that you know how much you're going to give because you look at your salary, you have a plan, and yes, the tithe is a good way to give with intention because it's easy to calculate. You can calculate it right down to the cents. (laughs) Giving with intention, not with impulse. So much of society today is just living with impulse, doing whatever we feel like whenever we feel like it. But we need to live with intention and give with intention. Paul talked about that. Prepare a gift ahead of time. Set it aside and bring it to the house of God. Be prepared in how you're going to give. Don't just decide in the moment, in the middle of the service, what you're going to do. Get it ready. Come ready. Have a plan. Think about your year and what you want to maybe give from January to December and plan your whole financial year and give with intention. Another one is we need to be disciplined in our giving by being committed, consistent, and unwavering. Committed means that once you say you're going to do it, you just keep doing it. Unwavering means that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on around us, no matter what's going on with the stocks and whatever, we're going to be committed and unwavering in our commitment to the house of God. Consistent, that means it's, it's there. Same day, same day, every month, same day, it's there. I'm given the same day every month. I'm consistent. When I show up, I show up, and I'm just going to keep on giving that same day. If it's a Saturday and the banks are closed, it's going to come on Monday, but the same day every time. Discipline and giving can, can also be about faith, not about tradition, and not about fear. Thank God we do not live under a curse anymore. It can't be about being afraid, and it can't be just about traditions. Well, that's what I was taught when I was young. Thank God if you were taught about giving, but it needs to go from just something you were taught by your parents or your grandparents or a pastor that you knew into something that you open the word of God for yourself and discover the truth and the power of giving in the Bible 
and allow your mind to be renewed and allow your faith to be strengthened based off of the truth of God that you discover and to unlock the power of giving, discipline in giving. You know, men in this house, my brothers, you need to be givers and you need to give your tithe to the house of God if you are a man in this house. The reason is because God wants to bless you so that eventually, if you are not married yet, and if you are, you can start giving and your family is going to be walking under a blessing, but God wants to get you ready to be taking care of more than just yourself. He wants to get you ready to be blessed in your finances, to have a business, blessed in your finances, to have children, blessed in your finances, to be able to take care of a wife and a household. You need to be giving so that you can start to walk with discipline and prepare yourself to be in a relationship with a woman so that you are ready to take care of her the way that you should be taking care of that woman that God wants to give you. Ladies, you need to be looking for a man that is a giver. You need to be looking for a man that when he, when you, when he, and you need to say, hey, I want to see your bank account. Show me <laughs> with my eyes if what you're saying is true. If you need to raise your standard, <laughs> raise it up and say, hey, you know what? I believe what you're saying. I believe the sweet words that you're saying, that you love me, you want to be with me. Open your account and show me how much you love Jesus like you say that you do. <laughs> and then I'll make a decision about what I think. That's the kind of man you need to be looking for. And so men, you, you just start doing it and you're going to be ready to receive that kind of woman. Now, you know, I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about. So I'm going to go up here. And I'm going to need a little help from, from my brothers. Come on, you can clap for me because this is a little embarrassing. And I need your support. But there is a beautiful woman up here. And you can turn around and look. I want you to look at her. She's carrying a baby right now. There she is. Eight years married. <laughs> Now, this is an example for you. If you are not married yet, or maybe you are married already, but I want you to listen to these words, and you're going to understand how giving has a direct impact, and the discipline of giving can have a direct impact on your relationships and what you want to have happen in the future. Now, I'm going to get down on my knee here. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I know I asked you eight years ago, more, almost nine years ago, to marry me. And I want to ask you today, I love you so much. Will you marry me? Now, don't answer yet. But you know, the same way that I've been committed to the house of God, and my brothers know they can support me and testify, when I said I was going to be here, I was here. The time I said I was showing up was the time I showed up. I wasn't late, and I didn't just not show up unless I was dying in the hospital. Believe me, when I said I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. And in the same way that I didn't give up and did not and showed up for the house of God, that's the way that I'm going to show up for you. And you know, I'm a one church kind of guy. 
I don't need to be looking online what other churches are doing and clicking like on their stuff. And in the same way that I'm a one church kind of guy, I'm going to be a one woman kind of guy to you. Come on. You can clap a little. Don't be shy. If you're going to clap, clap. But if that's not enough, I want you to look at my bank account because I love Jesus so much. And you can see here, since I was 19 years old, every month I gave to God. Some months it was more than the other months. Some months it was double, Christmas a little bit more. But for nine years before I met you, every single month on time, committed, consistent, unwavering, I gave to my local church and I gave to God because I love Jesus so much and I want him to be the number one in my life. And you know, the same way that I've been committed, consistent, unwavering in my giving to the house of God, with that proof behind me, that is the same way that I'm gonna treat you. I'm not gonna be one month on, one month off, here, there, everywhere. You can expect that what I say is what I'm gonna do and when it's gonna show up, it's gonna show up and that's how I'm gonna show up for you. And so I wanna ask you, will you marry me? Yes, and I love you. You see, that's what you need to be able to say. And ladies, that's what you need to be able to hear from a man that you're interested in. Because giving is so important and the discipline of following Jesus is important in your life because it will set you up for a life of success. And we need to be disciplined in our giving, in everything that we do, but especially in the way that we give to God. So let's stand to our feet and I wanna pray with you. And then we're gonna sing a song in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for anyone that is hearing from you in the spirit right now that God, you would speak loudly and clearly to your people today. We thank you for the gift of giving that we have the opportunity to partner with you to build your kingdom on earth and that as we build your kingdom, we know that as we invest everything that we are into your kingdom, that we are building something that will not pass away. Even when systems of this world are shaken, your kingdom will not be shaken. And so we are standing on that solid ground, the rock of Jesus Christ, and we commit today that we want to serve you with discipline. In Jesus' name, amen.